Hello and welcome to Marina Thieves and Views. I am Devashish Bas. Financial forecasts have a terrible record everywhere, all, all across the world, not just in India, but even in the US. And so it's quite puzzling that the media always publishes every year, uh, either at the end of the year for the forecast for the next year, or at the beginning of the year, where the indices would end up. This applies to S&P 500, Dow Jones, Nasdaq, Indian markets and any other indices across the world. Now, forecasting is more formal and well-recorded business in the US, which is why it provides great examples every year of forecasting follies. For instance, in the US, the consensus view for S&P 500 for 2023 that it would fall. Instead, it climbed 24.2%. And Nasdaq 100 soared over 50% in a single year, which was supposed to be a bad year. The Chinese stock market was expected to do ex extremely well on the basis of COVID reopening, but it sank. The widely trumpeted prediction of US recession did not happen. And gross domestic product of that country actually strongly rose. The US Federal Reserve had hiked interest rates and those were expected to slow down consumer spending and business growth. Instead, the economy continued to grow, inflation fell, and stock prices rose. On the other hand, breakthroughs in artificial intelligence research started an unexpected bull market in US technology stocks. Now, market and economies are complex, emerging, and adaptive systems, which means they are not static, and hence predictions about how they will behave a year from now or months from now invariably turn out to be wrong or useless as new events are set in motion and a complex inter interplay of those events lead to a completely different set of outcomes. However, the question is if this lacuna were to be removed, for instance, if the growth drivers were to remain in place for a long period of time, would the forecasts then be more accurate? After a surprising lack of initiative on the economic front between 2014 and 2021, except the knee-jerk reaction of tax cuts of 2019, the Modi government has suddenly ignited several growth engines at this all at the same time and unleashed economic forces of change that India has not seen in the past. Yes, I'm I know what I'm saying and explain why. Now, if this happens, it perhaps is easier to predict long-term outcomes as long as the stated policies remain and as, lo as long as the execution matches the policies. For example, production-linked incentives. Launched in a small way in March 2020, the PLI scheme aims to turn India into a manufacturing hub and reduce the reliance on imports, especially from China, for a variety of goods. The scheme offers incentives in incremental sales of locally manufactured product to reach a certain preset targets. It has had a limited success so far because imports of finished goods was replaced by imports of components and now assembly being done in India. However, every new sector begins manufacturing activity with assembly. And this was a story of the television manufacturing in the 1980s when India was importing only components and assembling there. And so, and even then, the, these operations have a ripple effect. Now, PLI scheme was overambitious because we are nowhere near the 6 million jobs that were supposed to be created. 
and 2 lakh crore incentives to be given out between FY21 and 27. So in many cases the schemes are being extended. But I believe that Indian enterprises are more ambitious, hungry and resourceful than they ever were before and therefore the scheme will boost manufacturing sooner or later at least to some extent and this is going to be a very significant growth opportunity. Massive capital spending which is the kind of thing that we have never seen before. This is a second element of the policy and execution that is happening which allows us to make better long-term for, uh, forecasts. For instance, ever since independence, ec uh, economists have forever complained that the bulk of Indian budgetary resources are being eaten up by revenue expenditure, expenditure that goes into salaries and into, um, into interest on government borrowings and no money is left for the much needed capital expenditure. Now this suddenly changed in 23-24 budget when the government announced a stupendous 10 lakh crore of capital expenditure for just one year and of course this will continue for future years as well across defense, across railways, across infrastructure sector. The railways allocation alone was a 75% jump or 2.4 lakh crore over the previous year. The government has committed to a capital outlay of 8.3 lakh crore for the defense sector over the next few years. The defense production and export promotion policy which was which came out in 2020 set a domestic production value of 1,75,000 crore with exports of 35,000 crore by 2025. Energy is another sector enjoying massive capital outlay on renewables to smart grids to smart metering. Now all this will lead to a very different kind of positive effect. This is not obvious now but if the capex on uh, on PLI, on uh, energy and defense plays out, pays off in three of the biggest import items, electronics, armaments, arms and armaments and oil would be cut quite sharply leading to a structural change in the economy. Sectors under which PLI scheme have been announced constitute 40% of imports. So there is a big probability that a lot of these imports will go down and for the first time if, if this happens, rupee will get stronger and we will have a completely different set of effects because of that. The benefits of this massive multi-directional government capital expenditure is visible. Every few days there are companies that are announcing orders, multiple times their turnover. Analysts are finding it hard to keep up with the torrent of such news and update their revenue and profit forecasts. The consensus is that at least for the coming few years, we have a stable and committed policy framework and hence forecasts of a sustained growth is a given. This has led to a consensus about the markets heading much higher. So now the policy is in place, execution is happening, we are able to see and so it's much easier to forecast. But there are issues. Now, extrapolating economic fundamentals to stock markets forecasting is a big leap, a leap of faith or a leap of idea, whatever you call it. Stocks rise significantly only when they are undervalued and there are positive surprises to push them up. Right now, stocks are no longer undervalued and everyone knows in the market and everyone in the market already knows about the huge positive impact of railways, defense and all of this expenditure that is happening. This is exactly why wagon manufacturer T 
Chittagong rail systems leapt 367% last year and Mazgao dock shot up 191% last year based on orders and actual execution as well as the profits that they recorded. The question is, all this is known. And as Howard Marks, legendary US investor advised, when you are excited about something such as a country or a company's future, ask yourself a very simple question. Who doesn't know that? Or in another, in another, uh, another way of saying it, everybody knows it. And everybody knows, if everybody knows, it's not a surprise. And the rosy future is probably already reflected in the current stock price. Indeed, when everyone is bullish and agrees with one another, as is, as is the situation now, one needs to be extra cautious because a slight negative news can cause a very serious setback. Thanks for watching and if you liked it, please do share and do subscribe. Thank you.